Hey, Osiris listeners. We want to tell you about our friends at Sunset Lake CBD who support this show. Sunset Lake CBD is a Vermont hemp farm crafting affordable CBD products designed to help with sleep and stress without breaking the bank. If you haven't tried CBD before, take it from me, it's a game changer. I use Sunset Lake's tincture every night before I go to bed, helping me get solid, restful sleep. And their gummies are great for daytime. Check out their new Good Vibes gummies, which have just a bit of hemp-derived THC to help you relax and unwind. Sunset Lake CBD crafts products with hemp grown on their family farm and ships them directly to customers. They have tinctures, salves, edibles, coffee, smokables, and even pet products. By the way, their CBD chocolate fudge is awesome. Check them out today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use coupon code TIME for 20% off all products. Sunset Lake CBD, farmer-owned, Vermont-grown. Osiris. The time has come for you to be the guest on Comes a Time. Wednesday, November 17th, 9pm, exclusively on Moment House. Join us for the inaugural Comes a Time Crystal Ball from the Wizard's Castle. Mike and Otil will be consulting my crystal ball that will be filled with your questions, your stories, and your pretty faces. What will the questions be? Well, that depends on you. Head on over to MomentHouse.com for details. Hey, Mike, I, I can't see clearly. Is that a lightning bolt on your shirt? You're damn right it is, Otil. This is Section 119. Hey guys, we just got our hands on some great new gear from an officially licensed partner of the Grateful Dead, Section 119. Oh yeah, Section 119. They sent me a pair of board shorts. They're actually really cool. I actually uh, wore them on stage and uh, they were really comfortable. You know, I live in board shorts in Florida, so that's kind of my jam. And uh, these have a cool print on them. Bertha's on there and the roses and stuff. I really like them. I got one of the performance polos with the Grateful Dead bolt embroidered in the chest. It's super stretchy, and I love the way it feels when I'm on stage wearing it. I feel like I'm representing the dead and rocking out some jokes in style. Section 119 was started by a couple of fans who wanted more than a lot tea to show their appreciation for the Grateful Dead. They started an apparel line that has everything you can imagine to represent the band at every occasion. And not just the dead, they've got some amazing fish duds as well. From button downs with dancing bears all over it to board shorts with super vibrant prints and donuts all over your shirts and socks. They've got something for every fan for any occasion. If you're looking for more than a t-shirt to celebrate the Grateful Dead, the folks at Section 119 make the highest quality apparel. Boogie on over to section119.com and use code COMESATIME. That's all one word, comes a time, for 15% off your next purchase. Hey, this is Oteal. If you're liking what you're hearing, head on over to patreon.com forward slash comes a time pod and get your bus pass for an extra episode every week. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Comes a Time. That's Oteal. And that's Mike. And today, we were joined by a veteran of the... United States Marines, Charles Wojcik. And uh, what a, what an interesting, awesome conversation. I, I met Charles at, he was interning after he was, uh, after he finished his duties for the U.S. military at Stand Up New York, a club that I was doing in the city. And he was just such a, like a 
a bright, like good hearted dude. And we just kind of hit it off right away. And we got to talking and he mentioned he was coming out of the military. And I had mentioned that I was going up to record an album in Vermont. We were doing like a veterans, uh, you know, thing and was just shared with him that David Lynch foundation does like transcendental meditation for veterans. And he was excited about that and met with, you know, one of the teachers and learned TM and all that. And we've just kept in touch and he's, he's a great, great dude. And it was cool to chat yeah. with him because we got a whole different perspective, huh? About the military. Yeah. It was good to see someone come out and be able to like land on their feet and do well and not be so many of the stories that you hear of people are just mentally and spiritually broken when they get out, you know? Yeah. And uh, he's definitely involved in some work uh, to help other veterans out. And yeah. uh, it's a cool story. Yeah. Partnering up, working with John Stewart and uh, you know, on his new show, the problem with John Stewart, which is on, what do you say? HBO Max, I think. I can't remember. Um, but I think yeah. there's a companion podcast too. That's, that's right. Yep. Absolutely. And he went in for a purpose and came out a stronger, a stronger person. And and uh yeah, really cool like hearing his story and, and everything. And and uh really I think what I wanted to do with this, and I know, you know, we wanted to both just share a story of a veteran. I don't think we've had someone on just to talk about their time in the military. And we want to kind of say thanks to everyone who sacrifices everything that they do, um, you know, in in service of our, you know, let's us sit here and do this. So, uh, you know, thank you to everyone. And uh, we mentioned a couple of uh, organizations at the end of the episode, like the wounded warrior project and um, American corporate partners and, you know, if you can do anything that you can to help support these folks that give so much to us, then please do. And uh, thanks to everyone who's listening. And thanks to Charles. And uh, we'll catch you next time, everyone. It's uh, really cool to uh, to have you on. And I want to just say congratulations um, I thoroughly enjoyed your uh, appearance on the John Stewart uh, podcast. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. You've been working on that show for a little bit now, right? I started in May. Yeah, this past May. So yeah, yeah, about five, uh, almost six months. Wow. And we've known each other for quite a while you know, now. I think it's it was like this time, like five years ago. Because yeah. when we met, you were about to do a show in Vermont. You were recording. I think you were recording something. Or you were doing something with veterans, I think. Yes, that's right. I, uh, Yeah, I recorded an album in Burlington, Vermont, and I invited all veterans for free because I recorded it on Veterans Day. Right. And we did like a local brewery in Vermont, sponsored it, and a local artist did the art and all of that. But we met at Stand Up, Stand New, York. Up New York. Yeah. Yep. And we talked about you being a veteran and the David Lynch Foundation and Transcendental Meditation and stuff. So we wanted to, um, you know, Otil and I always kind of get to this. The mantra of the podcast is like, how did we get here and where do we go from here? Right. And I'm always so proud of you to see (laughs) – 
I follow all your stuff on social media. And I think that like, you're someone that is, you always seem to have like such a positive vibe to you and you are always doing something new and cool. And, uh, we, I kind of wanted to just chat with you about like, you know, your time in the service and your, you know, since you got out and all of that and mental health and, and, uh, to, to share your story. Cause we don't, we haven't had any, have we had any veterans on yet? Oteal? I don't think so. If we did, we don't know. Oh man. So I'm breaking ground here. (laughs) (laughs) You absolutely are. (laughs) So, so how did you get, end up choosing to go, uh, into tell me again what's which branch you were uh marine corps you were in the marine corps wow yeah and at what age did you go in i was uh i was 17 when i signed the papers my my dad actually had a had to um also sign as well jeez so you wanted to go in were you following in like family footsteps or not in particular i mean i had some uh grandparents who served obviously in like uh, World War II. And then I, I think I had like some distant cousins as well who served. Uh, but like in my immediate family, I, I think I was like the first one. What made you want to join up? I think for me, like when I was in, when I, when I was in high school, you know, I, I was a good student, had, you know, good grades. Uh, but, you know, I had a, like a weird upbringing, divorced parents and you know, it wasn't like a, I wasn't in a good situation where I was. Um, and I, you know, I didn't want to go straight to like community college, uh, cause I, I couldn't like afford like a full four year, uh, school at the time. Um, and I, I just kind of wanted to break up the monotony and sort of just see if there were other opportunities out there. And, you know, fortunately for me, there were, you know, in the Marine Corps. So it was a positive experience for you. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't, you know, wasn't all roses and, and, and everything yeah. great, but, uh, overall, you know, there was, you know, the, the, the good outweighed the bad. Did you uh, have to serve in some hairy situations? Yeah. So I did do, uh, two combat deployments, uh, to Afghanistan. I did one in wow. 2011 and the second in 2013. And how long were each? Uh, seven months. So 14 months total. So let's, let's, if it's cool, let's stop there for one second. Cause that fascinates yeah, yeah. me just to say like, Oh, I had to do a deployment. Like I go to DC for the weekend to do comedy and I feel like I'm <laughs> doing a deployment. <laughs> so I guess I kind of need to know, like, what does that actually mean? Like, you, like you get, you, you're, you're, you were stationed somewhere here, right? Yeah. Yeah. Where North Carolina. You, North Carolina. Yeah. And then one day you get the notification like hey you're you're heading over yeah i mean you get you know because when they run deployments like you know there you know there's a lot of operational planning um so usually like several months before you deploy you know you you get more and more information of when you're going to go and like where specifically you're going to go like what unit you're gonna you're gonna replace um so what you know once that happens you know i mean i think i knew my first deployment um like there was some information up in the air as we were doing our training. So I think like by December, we kind of knew specifically what, what we were going to be doing, or maybe even November. And we, we deployed in uh, like right after the new year. I think I, I left like, like January 5th or something like that. Wow. And then you get, you get there and it's kind of. Yeah. So for us, I was with an infantry unit. So 
you know, those are the guys on the ground. Uh, but when you first arrive, you're at like a, a larger base where like they have like, you know, you know, like the regiment or like a division, uh, which oversees everything. Um, and then you spend a few days there cause you have to do some like onboard processing and, you know, get briefed on certain things. And, uh, then you go to your, your positions like, uh, you know, further in. So they train you like how to deal with locals and stuff there. And what was yeah, that interface like? Yeah. So that, that's part of your pre-deployment training. Um, so you'll get like cultural awareness training, you know, they'll, you know, try to teach you some language. I mean, especially with, you know, they, they speak Pashto and Dari in, in Afghanistan. Those are the, the primary languages. And, um, you know, they are difficult languages to learn. And even when we were there, like you could have like two tribes who live like a little bit apart and they could talk to one another and like there could be like miscommunication. That's how like tribal it can get there. Wow. Interesting. Yes. So there's like only so much you can learn. Right. Like you learn like, you know, you know, like, hey, how you're doing, you know, stop or, you know, like like simple phrases like that. And you also, when you're patrolling, you have an interpreter who's familiar, knows the language. Cause it's usually like, uh, you know, you know, someone who, you know, an Afghan, Afghan citizen, you know, who oh, that signed works. Up. Yeah. yeah. Did you feel welcomed? Did you feel like you were, you know, like going into a place that they were happy to have you? Yeah. You know, there's, I think a lot of it was a bit of indifference. Like you do have people, you know, who are, you know, excited that you're there. Um, some people aren't happy, but you know, then you just have people, they, they kind of just want to be left alone, you know, and that's, mm. you know, between us forces and the Taliban, like they just, you know, want to, you know, live and farm. And I mean, cause the area I was in, it was, it was all farmers, you know, it was, you know, we were in Southern Afghanistan. So, uh, weren't in a city, uh, you know, the people there, very, you know, s- simple lives. Oh, wow. Yeah. They oh, just assume interesting. Yeah. both sides go away. <laughs> right. They, they kind of wow. just want to be left on their own. So they're kind of caught in the middle of the whole thing. Yeah. You know? That was my take from it, at least, you know, some, you know, I guess, depending on, on where you are, you know, the, the opinions, you know, might vary. If you could compare the the geographic, I'm just trying to picture. I'm trying to put myself there with you right now. If you could yeah. picture, like like geographically, America. Let's say, like what where would you say it reminded you the most of? Like the farming in southern Afghanistan. Like what did that look like? Yeah, I'm trying to like basically in the sticks. Because um, even like the area we were in, there were some uh, differing terrains. So like you know, we had some uh infantry platoons that were like in areas of like high vegetation um where it didn't even make sense to wear like desert camis you know because it just didn't blend in like we, we wow. uh, you know some of them actually wore like you know like woodland like green uh camis just because there was so much vegetation um like where i was specifically uh when you know when they sent me down um you know we kind of had a mixture uh because you know it was i guess it was mainly like flatlands um, a lot of open terrain. So like not too much vegetation, uh, which could make it harried like during a patrol. Um, cause you'd have like these open fields and you, you know, you just have to like kind of run across them to, you know, get cover. 
Jeez. Yeah. Wow, that's really interesting. You have any uh, residual effects coming back home, just dealing with that kind of anxiety? Like, well, here we go. We might just run into a hail of bullets. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I get, I get jumpy time from time uh, or time to time. And, uh, you know, even like some of the scariest situations, you know, I was in personally, um, they weren't necessarily violent. Like I, you know, I've been involved in firefights, uh, you know, IED blasts, uh, you know, so, but like one of the, I think one of the scariest situations I was in, we were doing, um, we're on a patrol and on, on this particular patrol, like, you know, every now and again, sometimes, um, we'd get into a helicopter, they'd like fly us, you know, you know, to a different part of our AO. And uh, then we'd control back to our, our base. And that was kind of just to switch up the tempo. Uh, Cause when you keep doing like the same patrols over and over again, you know, it builds patterns. So every now and again, it's good to like break up the patterns. Okay. And uh, concurrently there was a, a bridge by our patrol base that kept getting burnt down. Like someone was like burning it down um, and that would affect our logistic support. And uh, we're patrolling back and we get a call over the radio that someone's, you know, burning the bridge down. So now we got to like double time it. Um, when you're patrolling in Afghanistan, there's also, at least where we were, there were a bunch of irrigation canals and they vary in size, uh, you know, how deep they are, how wide they are. Um, so like most of them or some of them, you'd have to like jump over and uh, we're running and I go to jump over the canal and I just, I eat shit and like I fall oh. in. And the rest of the troll is like running, uh, you know, oh. to check out this bridge and I'm stuck in it and I'm like trying to like <sighs> climb. I'm probably, you know, I'm, I'm a short dude. I'm uh, five, four. I was probably like, it's probably like six, six and a half feet deep. Cause I couldn't, Whoa, I could kind of see God. over it. Like if I like tried to like chicken wing up it, uh, but like I had so much gear on, I like couldn't pull <sighs> myself over. So I'm just like, I just start like pissing out sweat. Like I'm just, hot i'm like freaking out uh because i can't get out of this canal and i'm like trying to climb out and it's not working and uh, if you get captured on a patrol you're you're kind of fucked and uh yeah fortunately i i could kind of see over and i see two guys you know who were behind me and i'm like shouting like drag me out of this thing you know fortunately you know it did uh but that was probably one of the, the scarier situations i was involved in Oh my uh, God, dude. Yeah. More so just because of like the, what could happen, you know? Yeah. Is oh, that something Lord. that like you, um, <clears throat> you know, obviously P, you know, PTSD is a word that I think gets maybe tossed around a little bit too, you know, uh, liberally, I think it needs a little bit more definition, but I mean, you know, you clearly that warrants that definition, you know, spot on. I mean, what I, what I mean is like, you know, we say we yeah. have it right now because of COVID and all that, but no one's been, you know, you've been in that particular position. Um, do you feel now being out like O'Teal said, like, is that something that like, do you revisit that? Do you have those, you know, does it kind of come back and haunt you a little bit or? Yes. You know, it was that, you know, I remember one, uh, another canal, uh, we're crossing it and like there were like two logs and and walking across and my foot gets stuck in in between and I like fall over and I'm like drowning underwater 
And like the guy behind me, he was a big dude. He just like picks me up, drags me out. But it was just like, like little things like that. Also, like they don't really get depicted in like, uh, you know, in the news or, you know, it's usually like, Oh, ID blast firefight or, you know, even in the movies, but like, there's also these little nuances that kind of contribute to, to your, your mental state. Yeah. If your mind gets carried away. Yeah. All of a sudden in a, in a situation where you got, it's probably best to remain as calm as possible. And correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems to me like you're probably taught to always expect the worst case scenario, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. you know, you, you plan for everything. And, and I think that's what kind of, you know, back in, in August, you know, end of August when, uh, you know, all this stuff was going down in Afghanistan. I think you know, that's kind of what bugged me the most was that, you know, I, I was involved in some of the operational planning for, from the unit I was in and we had like multiple scenarios and, you know, alternate, you know, routes or, you know, alternate landing zones, stuff like that. Um, so it was just kind of, you know, sad to see what, you know, what unfolded, the, you know, a couple months ago uh, and what it turned into. Yeah. Just based yeah. off what I know in terms of like what goes on in the operational planning. Yeah. It's botched, preventable. Yeah. Watching that go down was kind of like, I mean, in a, in a, in the, in the tail end of a year and a half of like, what the fuck is next? Right. You know, to see that yeah. happen, it was just like, Jesus, is this is like an other, it's like just popping from horror movie to horror movie to horror movie, like this past year and a half, you know? And, uh, man, yeah. Seeing that must've been, you know, you put a lot of hard work into that and, you know, how do you handle what, 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 what does that like bring up? You know, I mean, are you able to kind of like make peace with that? That's not your, you weren't there anymore. That's not your, you know? Yeah. I mean, as bad as that was, you know, I, I think the one silver lining, uh, you know, of, of what went down during that um, was I think a lot of people got out that wouldn't have maybe been able to get out. Um, so for instance, uh, if you're an interpreter and you served alongside, uh, you know, the, the U S military, you know, you're, you're allowed to get a, uh, you call it a special immigrant visa, a CIV. And for the past, you know, like, 18 months or so, uh, a couple of buddies of mine, uh, you know, I had a buddy, you know, he kind of led the charge on this where, uh, one of our interpreters, he was still there and, you know, he'd been trying to help him, you know, get the visa and get out of Afghanistan with his family. Uh, because, you know, a lot of these interpreters face repercussions from the, the Taliban. And, uh, you know, I, I was emailing, you know, Congress people and, and, uh, you know, was in communication with a couple, but, you know, it was so much red tape and paperwork and, you know, they're having issues processing his, his visa. Um, but fortunately, you know, when all that happened, you know, just a couple of months ago, they, you know, he got out. Um, so I think, you know, the one silver lining is, you know, maybe people who may have still been there, if, if the, you know, drawdown had been successful, might've, you know, been stuck there. Uh, wow. so I, I think that's like one, maybe, uh, silver lining to the whole, catastrophe is that you know you're able to get out you know a lot of people who may otherwise not have uh gotten out so what was your trajectory from getting out of the military to meeting up with john stewart yeah so i i got out 
2014. Um, I had a few months like before I started college and, uh, just interned at like a, some marketing firm, like startup company. And, uh, it was kind of boring. And I, I wanted to work in TV and had gotten another, uh, like a year later, I'd gotten an internship at a smaller production company, but, uh, one of the people I worked there used to be, I, th- I think she was an, uh, uh, production assistant or, or served in some capacity at the daily show and, uh, had, uh, kind of told me about some things over there. And, uh, then I got directed to a, a veteran organization, uh, called America, America corporate partners, ACP and John several years prior had started a, uh, veteran immersion program where they shuffle through veterans to sort of gain insight into how they run the show. Uh, you know, they get to speak to the, you know, various personnel, you know, various department heads at the show. And, uh, I did that in 2016, uh, shortly after he left and, uh, then intern there after I did the program. So, uh, you know, it was, it was, you know, a great experience, you know, doing that program and then, uh, being able to, to, uh, intern there. I've liked you since the moment I met you. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> Swear to God, you've just had like a, you were dri- like, and what were you just the at stand up New York or were you working at the, so, yeah, you were so there I, at the moment, right? Yeah. So I, I had started interning there like August, 2015. I, I finished up that, that TV internship over the summer. And like the day after I left there, like I started interning, uh, I was doing like marketing at, at stand up New York. And then I was like doing some, like the night managing shifts. I think that's maybe when I met you, I think I was like managing that night or something. Perhaps. Uh, And uh, yeah, so I I was there for for about a year. You know, I guess I want to ask a question that I've always wondered about. No, I wonder if you wonder about this. Like if you're serving and you don't necessarily agree with why or where or how, um, is that a hard thing to reconcile or is that something that's discussed or is it kind of like you're here to do a job, just do the job? Yeah. I mean, when I enlisted, I enlisted in 2009. So, you know, they were up in the troop surge and, uh, in, in Afghanistan. And, uh, I mean, you know, I, I think, you know, obviously, you know, some people want to go to war, some people don't, uh, but I think there is an adventure aspect to the military that kind of interests people who join. Um, mm-hmm. You know, maybe they don't want to like directly go to war. I mean, there are people who enlist that actually don't deploy uh, for whatever reason, maybe because of their job or or the unit they're with is non-deployable. Um, and I, yeah, I don't know. I guess I didn't really have the issue of like, oh, I don't want to deploy. Uh, so for me, it wasn't too big of a deal but i just also think there's you know other aspects of the military that that are appealing um and you know in terms of what they can offer like the different types of jobs they have um but yeah i i imagine for some it, it might be tough uh but yeah i'm not sure yeah i always wondered about that like if you're if you're in and it's like <clears throat> you know you totally, uh, there's gotta be some, you gotta like be able to put your political ideas aside. Right. I mean, yeah, I mean, point. 
I think, I think the other thing is, I mean, you know, they say in the military, you know, they say the military is apolitical. I mean, I don't know how true that is to be honest, but uh, I think once you're in and like, you're kind of, you know, you understand things more or at least you have a better understanding of, of like how the military works, like the politics, I guess, like you're so ingrained in, in like what you're doing that like, that might not be at, at, you know, in the back of your mind necessarily. Yeah. Surviving yeah, your is in the back of your mind. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I'm never going to, you know, when I was out, I got, I was never seeing the president, like, you know, so it was like, <laughs> it, you know, the policies weren't really going to impact the day to day. I mean, maybe long-term, like, you know, in terms of like budgeting and, you know, how many people they're trying to keep in or if they're trying to push guys out. Um, I think those are like the political uh, things that people focus on. Cause you know, I was in, there was like 200,000 Marines. And I think by the time I got out, they were like trimming it to like, you know, 180 was their goal. Uh, so, you know, guys or, you know, Marines who didn't get promotions by a certain point got, you know, you know, had to leave. Uh, so I think like those, those political objectives, those are like, have a, have a bigger impact. Yeah. I haven't seen a bunch of John Stewart's podcasts. They just came on my radar. Yeah. Uh, really in the last couple of weeks, the algorithms have been <laughs> spitting them up on my YouTube, but uh, most of the ones I've seen seem to be about war. Is that correct? Yeah, so- or have I missed that? I'm not, Maybe I haven't seen a lot. Yeah, so our our first episode we released on September 30th. So they released the episode, and then you know they they put some some clips and interviews on the, the YouTube page, and uh, so there were you know they interviewed the uh, VA secretary, and um, you know yeah. had a couple other segments on there. Uh, we released our second episode a couple weeks ago, and we have our our third episode coming out uh, tomorrow, actually. Uh, or no Friday, Friday. I'm sorry. Today's Wednesday. Um, so Friday, our third episode will be released. So they've been kind of, you know, doing it every other week. Um, they'll upload like specific segments of, of each episode. Yeah. So, uh, how, how do you feel like, uh, what are your views now that you're in a, working on a show where it's like mostly about the politics of war, you know, well, yeah, rather so- than the other part? Yeah. So that, so each, each episode is a a single subject issue. So the first episode was about uh, the burn pits um, in Iraq and Afghanistan. The second episode was actually on, um, it was about freedom. So it, you know, delved into like COVID and, you know, certain mandates. And, uh, but I thought for the, the episode he did on the, on the VA with the involving the burn pits, because essentially people, you know, service members were getting sick uh, from these burn pits and there was like, uh, you know, service members getting their their uh, claims denied, and you know, a lot of bureaucracy involved with that. So, I, I thought he did a great job. I mean, uh, he, you know, he's a guy, you know, just very very smart individual. Uh, yeah, I love you know, him. yeah, like just I think his, you know, his career has just lent himself to learning so many different topics, so that like, you know, he's accrued so much knowledge you know, over the past, you know, I, I, he hosted for like 16 years on the daily show. So, yeah. you know, all that information he learned. Um, do you feel like, uh, do you feel like you get the, 
uh, help and benefits and coverage that you deserve from like the VA and from like, have you had a, a good experience? And do you think that there are others that are maybe, you know, have, have it worse or. I mean, right now I'm, I'm in a good situation, but it took me like, I don't know, like four or five years to get everything hammered out. Uh, so that what was you, like, what do you mean by that? What, like, what's that mean hammered out? Uh, just like with my, you know, when I got out, uh, you know, I filed my VA claim with, you know, some issues that I, I was, you know, dealing with. Um, and it just, from, you know, from when I, you know, started the claim in 2014, it finally got fully resolved in like March, 2019. So it was like almost, wow. it was like five years it took for Jesus for them to like just process everything correctly. And, uh, you know, made sure that, you know, uh, I was sort of, you know, taken care of, you know, on their end with, with what do I needed. Have you kept track with some of your uh, buddies that were in with you when you were still in and how they're doing now? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, We talk every now and again, Uh, you know, we're, we're pretty close. Um, I mean, everyone's kind of off in their, their own uh, doing their own things, which is great. Uh, You know, the guys I serve most of them, you know, gone on and have been, you know, successful in their own right. Uh, So yeah, it's been, great to, to follow them as well. Do you, uh, do you feel like, you know, one of the things that we, um, talk quite a bit about is mental health, you know? And, uh, do you feel like there can be like, how can folks help or, or, you know, veterans deserve and need as much as we can offer, you know? Right. And when there's not, you know, we're seeing a lot of different things. We're seeing met the meditation, David Lynch foundation offering yeah. TM as a, you know, for free, there's psychedelic, uh, you know, therapies happening. There are various different, you know, tr- like treatments and offerings and stuff. Do you feel like it's adequate or where do you think it lacks? I, yeah. I mean, in terms of mental health, you know, I haven't had too many issues. So, um, well, you maybe know, I, not even particularly with you, but if you've seen or noticed, like just being in it, that arena more than, you know, the, you're, you know, the common man. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I know that, you know, if you, you know, they, they've made, you know, some great strides at the VA in, in terms of mental health. Um, you know, you know, if you need to speak to someone, you know, there's at least someone you can talk to there. Um, like that, you know, there's, you know, their psychology and psychiatry department will um, link you up with someone. It, it does. I mean, the frustrating part is just the time it takes to see one. Uh, I think that's the biggest hurdle. Um, Cause when I actually just uh, earlier this or late last year, I was, you know, uh, needing to see one just, you know, just, you know, cause of the isolation, cause of COVID and, you know, I, I live alone. So I had spent yeah. most of the pandemic on my own uh, and actually I'd, gone quite a bit of time without like really like having conversations with people. And, uh, it, it took a few months for them to assign me to, um, you know, a, a, a psychologist, psychologist. So, uh, I guess, you know, the, the turnaround time can be a bit arduous. Um, I know. So I, I guess that would be the one, the one area that, that they, they could improve upon. Cause it also, mm. I mean, it also depends on where you live you know, how close your, your closest VA facility is to you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know veterans in New York city, 
there are a bunch of other options on the private side as well. Um, you know, like, uh, I know I, I did some services at, uh, at NYU Langone, uh, they had like a grant for veterans to, you know, you could see a, a psychologist for, for like a, a year or so. Um, then when I was in undergrad at, at Columbia, they had, a uh, uh, services for veterans as well. Uh-huh. So, um, I mean, there are, I, I guess one thing is, you know, there are opportunities out there to, you know, maybe do some, you know, for them to do some research and, you know, see what like private areas have, uh, are offering services for veterans. Uh, cause a lot of, a lot of, uh, people do. Yeah, that's really important. That's the thing that we've been finding quite a bit, like with our discussions have been about like, you know, we're all kind of facing this like new, like the, the, the there's no stigma around talking about it anymore. If it's like, you know, right. if you have it, you know, there's not nothing wrong with saying like, yeah, I go to therapy or yeah, I've you know, it's important yeah. that people know that it's okay. You know? Well, I mean, I know in the, in the military for like, for a long time, it was just like, you know, you did, you did, that's not something you did. Um, and also like, depending on your job, like, you know, I was an intelligence analyst. Um, fortunately, you know, this wasn't necessarily an issue that I faced, but like, you know, years back, like if you had a top secret clearance, like it was looked down upon if you sought help cause they don't know what you're going to say to, you know, your psychologist or your therapist. Uh, mm. so there, there was a bit of, of, uh, caution to do that. Um, you know, I, I personally didn't experience when, that when I served, but um, I know that was kind of a sort of an unwritten thing. Hmm. Yeah, it's like I'm Tony Soprano we, going to a shrink, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I would think the military would have some uh, psychologists that do have security clearance so they can I, I think hear they the do. secrets. Yeah, yeah I, I think some of them do, uh, or most of them do. Uh, you know, I don't know at, at what level, but, um, yeah. but I mean, like, you know, I actually first started seeing someone in 2012 while I was still in and, uh, like even the stuff that I spoke about really had nothing to do with like sensitive information. Uh, so I, yeah. you know, <laughs> thanks for listening. We'll be right back after this. Hey there, Osiris listeners. I wanted to tell you about our friends over at smart wool for more than 25 years. Smart wool has been making Merino wool socks and apparel designed to keep you comfortable. Because they want to help you play, laugh, and explore in the outdoors with every thread they knit and every step you take. Because they believe that comfort sharpens focus and lets you perform beyond your limits. They're here to help you feel good. Now, it's up to you how far you will go. Take 15% off of your first order at smartwool.com. Smartwool. Go far, feel good. What's up, everyone? I'm Mike. And I'm O'Teal. And these are our Sunset Lake CBD gummies that are almost gone. Sunset Lake CBD is a farmer-owned business that ships CBD products directly from their farm to your door. For years, Sunset Lake was a Vermont dairy farm producing milk for Ben & Jerry's ice cream. In 2018, they diversified and started growing hemp for CBD. And with a product for everyone... They offer pre-rolls, hemp cigars, and hemp flowers, as well as tinctures, gummies, and CBD-crafted coffee to help with stress, aches, and pains. Sunset Lake CBD saves you money by shipping high-quality CBD products directly from their farm to your door. 
Want to know what I've been using a lot of, Oteal? This salve with the arnica uh, yeah. on, my, on my old bones. You get back from a show and you got tore ankle, rub a little bit of this on there. You're ready to dance the next day. And you know, Sunset Lake, uh, comes a time listeners can visit sunsetlakecbd.com and use promo code TIME for 20% off of their purchase. That's sunsetlakecbd.com, promo code TIME. And tell them we sent you. Hey, everybody. Wednesday, November 17th at 9 p.m., Comes a Time is doing our first live event brought to you by Moment House. That's right, folks. We are having the inaugural Comes a Time Crystal Ball, and you're all invited. The time has come for you to be a guest. So all of our foot traffic, our bus riders, our space travelers, we want to hear from you. The wizard has invited us to his castle, and he has summoned the crystal ball, and that's where you will appear with thoughts, questions, comments, and Otil and I, and you, will be joining together to uh, make a very special event. So head on over to momenthouse.com, and uh, we will be providing the links, and we really want you to join us. We thought, right, Otil, for our first event, what better guest than our new friends? Absolutely. So send in a video question. Uh, the best questions will get priority. And our Patreon uh, patrons will get priority. Attendance is mandatory, but not required. So we love you guys, and uh, we will see you live at the Crystal Ball. You, well, see, yeah, we- you, you seem remarkably well-adjusted for infantry. You guys were... I mean, on the the edge of the blade. I don't know how yeah, I mean, did it, man. Yeah, I mean, I was I was an intelligence analyst, but you know, they did. You know, I was with an infantry unit, so yeah, you know, I did get to to go out there on the patrols, and it was a unique experience. Um, and you know, it's it's been interesting. Like, I, I mean, I'm still, I'd still say I'm like adjusting and you know trying to you know figure out things, but I guess most people are as well. So. Yeah. Well, the pandemic, yeah, yeah also yeah. throws we totally a huge curveball, <laughs> you know. But also not falling into a, uh, you know, six-foot drainage well. I mean, yeah. yeah, walking around the streets of New York sometimes is probably just as scary, huh? Yeah, well, I know, I mean, from- got to watch out for those manholes, right? <laughs> yeah, totally. In some ways, I think it's scary, you know. I mean, like, the pandemic for me was obviously super different for me and my family, but it was me and my family, the wife, yeah. two kids, like doing the pandemic alone. That is, that's a real, that's yeah, a long man. campaign, you know, like that's a long test. What'd you yeah, do? Really long test. What'd you do to I keep mean, yourself, uh, you know, occupied? I mean, well, I, I was work from home. Uh, so, I mean, like I, you know, I, I'd speak to people on like Zoom meetings, but like in, in terms of off hours or on the weekends, I mean, it was just kind of, you know, watching a lot of, you know, stuff on Netflix or, or whatever. Um, and I had like also forced myself to like go outside and take a walk. Uh, and I, I did, you know, it was, uh, back in, you know, last October, I spent a couple weeks in Nashville actually with the guy I served with. So, um, so that was, you know, that actually helped a bit, uh, just to get out of here for, for a couple of weeks. And, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, but now it was, I, I think in the moment it wasn't as bad, but now that, 
that things are sort of opening up. Like, I think like I'm kind of reacting to that isolation a little more. Uh, cause now it's like, Oh, things are opened up. You know, I don't want to spend any time at home. Uh, so, you know, I guess there's yeah, like you're that out doing stuff. Yeah. Overcorrection of, of, of spending, you know, a long time at home. <laughs> That's just fine. Right. <laughs> the pendulum's got to swing as far as it went in the yeah. other direction. It went exactly. far. Man, I got to turn a light on here. Sorry. Yeah. Hold on one second. <laughs> oh, yeah, when, when you look back, when you look back on, uh, like, I think about this too, quite a bit where it's like, you know, you said that you wanted something to break up the monotony, right? Like when you right. go back and you think about like why you went in, in the first place, did it do it? Like, did it, was it mission accomplished or was it? Yeah, I think, cause when I, man, I, when I was growing up, I was like such a, like a nervous wreck, you know, no confidence, no self-esteem, you know, like just sort of, you know, afraid really? of my own shadow, so to speak. Okay. Uh, you know, didn't really have, you know, like I had some friends, but like, you know, I was just like a homebody who stayed inside all the time, uh, just had poor, I, I guess, communication skills. Um, but you know, I, you know, just had, you know, I still had like dreams and ambitions, uh, so I had the drive to like, you know, work and, and, and want to do things, but I, you know, I definitely serving, I, I think, you know, sort of remedied some of those, those, uh, those issues. I never in a million years would have thought that from meeting you right away. We were like, like we just got right into conversation, you know, right. and it didn't feel, it felt totally organic. And, uh, so it definitely, I imagine, you know, I guess now coming to think of it, I'm sure that there are probably quite a few f- folks that join for that, for like a reason of like maybe wanting to bust out of your own shell. Right. Wow. That's interesting. Yeah. Never thought about it. Now, a lot of people come out of rough situations and they're just trying to get, you know, get a, a structure, you know, right. built up around their life. It can, you know, shut well, out yeah. the nuttiness. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's, you know, the other, you know, there's a lot of structure in the military. Um, so like you kind of take that with you and like, you know, in terms of like, you know, time management and making sure, uh, you know, you're not, I mean, like I, you know, I'll screw off or whatever, <laughs> you know, relax, but, um, but there's still that structure of like, you know, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go to the gym and, uh, you know, do other things and, uh, you know, I yeah. definitely attribute that to the, the military as well. For sure. You get, you get, uh, tasks, objectives, missions, <laughs> yeah. logistics, you know, yeah. execution, you know, it until, huh? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, that's <laughs> like having your own band on the road. <laughs> it's kind of like, you know, nothing gets done unless you do it and you don't find out really what, all the things that need doing except for the hard way is like, Oh, I didn't think about that. Well, you might right. think about that next time mm-hmm. you're going all the way to Minot, North Dakota or whatever. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, all learning experience, you know, did you have those experiences where like, you know, um, someone maybe that you were deployed with kind of, uh, needed to like, like couldn't handle it, like had to go home, like kind of like, like I don't yeah. want to say freak, like freaked out is kind of a weird way to say it, but I think you know what I mean. I remember it was actually my second deployment, which was pretty tame. I was 
in an office all the time, but one of our, like one of the infantry officers, who's a Lieutenant, um, he had to be sent home. Uh, cause I, I don't know why, like he, he said it was, or from what I heard, it was like combat stress related or, or something to that meant, you know, mental health, uh, nature. Uh, but yeah, he got sent home. Um, my first deployment there, there were a couple of officers who got like relief just cause of like loss of confidence, uh, you know, in their leadership abilities. Um, mm, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I think it might've just been one, but, but yeah, there are a couple instances of that. Yeah. I can only imagine. I think I would feel that way. I mean, I get that kind of twinge, uh, everything I do. Let alone, you know what I mean? Like, so it's just magnified. I guess that's kind of, it's like a magnified existence. You know what I mean? Yeah. You got a lot riding on your shoulders, man. But I guess it's, it definitely, you know, you're, you're all right. So, you know, you're there, you kind of have to be prepared for everything. And I grew up with that kind of mentality of kind of like, be prepared for the worst. And right. when the best happens, go, nah, that was a mistake. It's never going to happen again. <laughs> you know, <just> stay, <laughs> stay anxious, you know? So are you able to kind of like go like, all right, I'm home. I can shut that off. Or does that kind of follow you into like day to day? You know what I mean? Like, I think so. Cause I, I think I'm a different person at home than when I'm like out, uh, you know, when I'm at home, it's a little more calmer, uh, or at least I, you know, at least like thinking a lot more, um, it, when I'm out, you know, kind of, you know, more alert, more self-aware, yeah. uh, of what's going on. Um, yeah. you know, just a, a sort of a different approach. That's really interesting. That's good. You're able to like experience the yin yang of it. And uh, yeah, shut like it off, you know, like we were yeah. on stage the other day and we, it was like 34 degrees outside at Red Rocks and they had these huge, huge heaters. They look like little uh, trains, you know, with a little chimney and a top. Yeah. And um, they one of them, like, I don't want to say it exploded, but it like backfired really bad blew the top off the chimney thing and it came and i thought to myself wow i hope there's not somebody working here that just got back from somewhere where there's explosions because that would have really messed with me and that happened a couple of times while we were on stage hmm. and i was just like man i hope everybody's okay i never thought of just a sound like yeah you know you know funny funny you mentioned that uh, I remember my first, first firefight I was involved in, um, you know, I was like set in and, uh, there was our, on our patrols, we were partnered with, you know, uh, you know, we had Afghan army soldiers with us and this our Afghan army guy, he had a uh, rocket propelled grenade and he fires Whoa. it right next to my face. I, I didn't see him cause I was like, kind of like focusing in front of me like he was, you know, just off to my side. And with these rock propelled grenades, when you shoot it, there's like a backblast that, that comes out the back. And that just that hit, hit me in the face. And huh. uh, I got, got knocked out. Uh, you Whoa. know, 
uh, you know, couldn't like here for a couple of days, uh, <laughs> was seeing stars and, uh, yeah, it was, so like, you know, I'll be like walking and like, it doesn't even have to be a loud noise, but like a sudden like noise or something yeah. that'll kind of like, like I'll kind of, you know, jump a bit. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. It knocked you out cold. Uh, momentarily like it. it yeah. Uh, like people thought I was dead. Like, like I had like guys like running over to me, like, you know, shaking me. So like that kind of you know, got me out of it. But like, but like the way it hit, um, like I, it, it like, like all this smoke got into my lungs. I couldn't like physically breathe. It was, yeah, it was, it was interesting. <laughs> wow. You'd think he yeah. would have known that uh, you were too close for him to do that. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, I, I think also, you know, it was just one of those like caught in the moment sort of situations. And uh, he, saw he wasn't, yeah, he wasn't next to me when I like got in the prone uh, you know, cause I like checked my, you know, surroundings, he wasn't there. So I'm like kind of focused in front of me and he just kind of comes out of, you know, out of my blind side and just, you know, got me good. <laughs> Jeez. You're, a, you're a tough dude, man. Well, it, it freaked me out at first. Cause I thought at first I thought it was something that was shot at me, like, you know, yeah. by like an enemy combatant. So I'm like, Whoa, what, you know, did I just get missed getting hit by like a fucking projectile? Uh, but no, it was the, the back blast. So that was, that was interesting. <laughs> Holy cow. Jesus. Yeah. Like that's just to me is so fucking my, like then I'm, I'd be like, I want to go home. All right. It's over. <laughs> like that's, that's it. I don't want to do this anymore. But you like, what was the next couple of I know yeah. that's the thing, you know, that's why I don't sign up for things. <laughs> um, <laughs> when you, uh, what's the next couple of days like after that? Are you, were you like, did they take you back to, headquarters and like or did you have I to mean, like get up shake it off and keep going you're in the middle yeah, of a, we just we got up uh you know i got up you know just you couldn't hear anything very like very very little uh holy shit wow. and uh just kept going forward yeah we kept going uh, i think like our patrol ended shortly after that but like you know i we had a couple more that day so i you know kept going out <laughs> it was didn't really uh didn't really take any time off and doesn't that mess with your equilibrium when your hearing is jacked yeah, up? Yeah, like I was that? like, I was a little like, you know, lopsided for for a bit, uh, you know. But man, yeah, you got you're you're uh, you're fight you're you're tougher than uh, <laughs> than you're letting on. You're like, yeah, it was all right. I mean, nothing really happened. I Marines. didn't. I mean, <laughs> I mean, honest to God, dude, fucking well, Marines. I guess, you man. know, I think it'd be different now because at the time I was more acclimated to it you know had the training had you know w was a lot more you know had a lot more stamina i mean i go to the gym now but i don't run that much so like mm. i was you know probably in a lot better shape you know i was 19 at the time so i was much younger resilient uh, yeah, bounce yeah back more was, resilient like if that happened yeah. to me now i'd probably be out for like a week <laughs> <laughs> a know? week i'd yeah, be out forever <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I'd be living in Vermont in a cabin for the rest of my life. You wouldn't be getting up the next morning and just going right back at it. Hell no, no. absolutely not. <laughs> what was tired. the? Were you were you athletic as a kid? Were you like get like was it? You know, like getting um, into it was because you're not a big dude. No, I'm pretty pretty thin, pretty lean. Pretty like five four, you said right? Yeah, five yeah. four. 
that's fucking awesome that you, I give you tons of props for, you know, for, for like, that's awesome. You know? Yeah. I think Maybe some time, people you know, would be like apprehensive, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was pretty thin, like growing up, I was, you know, a stick. Um, but I, I played soccer for like 10 years. So I, you know, I wasn't like necessarily, you know, I, I did some stuff, uh, at least it was pretty quick. Um, Mm-hmm. but I wasn't like that athletic or, you know, you know, ball, you know, strong or, or anything like that. Uh, but when I, when I joined, I, you know, started hitting the gym, uh, you know, ran uh-huh. a lot. Um, so I was, I was in shape. And getting ready to be a Marine, they must've put you through like pretty grueling physical. Just the pack you got to carry is how much does that freaking thing weigh? Jeez. Yeah. I mean, you know, cause I, you know, you have your, 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 uh, plate carrier, so your body armor, you got your, 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 uh, Kevlar helmet. Um, and then you got your, your pack. So, you know, depending on what you're carrying, you know, you could be carrying a, you know, uh, you know, additional 30, 40 pounds, I guess. Um, you know, I also, when I'd go on patrol, I'd, um, also carry the, the extra ammunition for the, the machine gunner. So that, you know, we had to keep that in a backpack and that was, that had some weight to it. Um, so Damn, I'd be dude. patrolling around, you know, I was a pack mule, so <laughs> you got strong quick. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I lost actually, uh, I, I lost a lot of weight just from going on the patrols and stuff. Uh, so I, I was pretty lean. Wow. What would you say is like one of the things you don't think about that was like the hardest to adapt to? Like, was it the food? Was it the lack of something? Was it the pillows or the whatever, you know? Yeah, I think, well, one, like learning how to sleep in like extreme heat. Uh, cause I, you know, there were parts of my deployment where like, you know, there was air conditioning and a, you know, a bed, but then, you know, I was, when I was with the, you know, down up at the patrol base, you know, you're just in a cot, um, mm. and like trying to adjust to like sleeping with sweat in your eyes or like sweat building up in your eyes. Um, you know, that was, that was kind of tough and like, just, you know, like I'm a pretty OCD guy, like, you know, always, you know, clean. Uh, so like sort of adapting to like, you know, those sort of, uh, austere environments in terms of hygiene, um, wow. you know, it's like not letting that, you know, get in your head. Uh, and then yeah, the food too, the food sucks. Um, Did it? you can't just like, you know, yeah, there was, you know, you're eating like, packaged food uh you know can't really isn't too much to snack on mm-hmm. um so that was that was actually tough as well <laughs> were there a lot of bugs was there a lot of insects that were kind of like flying in your face the whole time yeah there was that too you like that's what would have did uh, it to me yeah then you got like the camel spiders and stuff and those things are pretty big you know scorpions <laughs> and, and whatnot or you know my buddy told me about those that uh Back in 2005, I was riding motorcycles with this guy. Um, he trained guys in military intelligence in, I think, Iraq and Afghan- Afghanistan. And he told me about the crushing heat. Like, we just can't imagine the type of heat in the mm-hmm. desert. But these spiders that he talked about were huge. Man. Yeah. And they would fight. I guess they would have camel spider oh, fights or something. <laughs> Hey, you got to make entertainment. Somehow. These yeah. things, man, are like, 
whatever kind of spider he was talking about, it was enormous. Yeah, they get, those things are, I, I saw a few and some of them, they were pretty nasty looking. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. You're a tough dude, man. <laughs> that's you. a lot of those. Those are a handful of things that I mean, it, but the thing that's awesome is how like, you know, you said that you wanted to break up that monotony in your life and you yeah. wanted to gain a confidence and you clearly did. And and I mean, you are and I mean, God, how old are you? 30 now. Yeah, 30. You're getting old, buddy. You're getting old. Yeah. But I mean, look at how much you've accomplished and how like you're a man. You you are you're a, a man that you can you need to be for yourself, and that's fantastic. You know how many guys thought they were the shit, and then they hit thirty <laughs> and they go, "I'm nothing. I don't know how to be a man yet. I'm just a baby." <laughs> yeah, you did yeah. it. You oh, know, thanks, Mike. that's really wonderful. And one thing I want to ask, and I and I think it's something that uh, I'm always weary of. Uh, phony charities and things like that but i always oh, want yeah. to support good charities and i always want to make sure you know because there's a lot of fraudulent shit out there right um i know wounded warriors is incredible and i know yeah. that there's a lot that good now i wanted to ask you because you know more about this and for our listeners and stuff you know if anybody wants to donate or if anybody wants to help veterans in need what are the best avenues to do that right now like which 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 like organizations do you think are the most beneficial yeah so you know you mentioned wounded warrior project i I think they do a great job uh you also have um i mentioned earlier american corporate partners they do a fantastic job with veterans where um and this is actually where i met steve lacy uh you know you know steve yeah steve uh, my boy yeah they um they match you up with a, a mentor, you know, which is basically, you know, if, if you're trying to go into finance, they'll match you up with like a person in finance who can, you can talk to and sort of network with, and, you know, you meet with every now and again, and, you know, you know, talk to just to sort of maybe help you out with your, your career, you know, whether you want to get it started. Uh, so when I did it, you know, I told them I was interested in, you know, television. Uh, so actually met, matched me up with uh, Steve Lacey, uh, mm-hmm. you know, fellow fish fan. And, uh, <laughs> He's it's a funny. news what? anchor for New York, uh, what, Fox 5? Uh, yeah, Fox 5 New York. A damn um, good guy. He is. He's a great dude. Uh, so, you know, American Corporate Partners, they're one. Um, Burn Pit 360, uh, they're, they're doing a lot of great work with the, the veterans who are having issues with the, the VA claims, you know, regarding burn pits. Um, so those are definitely, you know, some, some good uh, uh, organizations to get involved with. Are you familiar with the burn pit situation, Oteal? Yeah, man. I've watched, I didn't know about it until I watched yes. the John, listen to the John Stewart thing, and it's like, yeah, man, it's like uh, in Vietnam when guys came back with Agent Orange, you know, that, yeah, and they denied it, and it's like, no, man, it's clear these cancers, you know, it's just like um, the same effects as what people had in nine eleven. You know, right. from breathing all that stuff. A lot of the firemen died the same way and first responders, you know. Exactly. Yeah. It's now is, is this something that you're currently are you good? Are you okay? Yeah, I mean I'm on the <clears throat> so far I I don't think I've had any issues. Um, but I, I am on like, you know, the registry, like, you know, because I I was around them, you know, mm. you know, especially you know, when I was in, you know, I was, you know, low guy on the totem pole, so I was 
you know, I have to like take stuff to the burn pit or burn stuff myself. Um, so definitely <laughs> breathed in some fumes. Uh, but, so, you know, that smell then. Yeah. That, that weird smell. Yeah. It, wow. Is it the similar smell to like nine eleven? I do remember that smell. I remember that, that one. I mean, I, I could be, I, I mean, I, I'm not too familiar. Uh, I was like, cause I, I was, you know, I, when I was, I guess I was in fifth grade when, when nine 11 happened and oh, I yeah. wasn't in the city. So. Yeah. But, you were in fifth grade. Yeah. Yeah. I'm old. Okay. <laughs> I was just doing that math. <laughs> well, you know, um, you've had, you, you've, I, I, I don't know. I feel like kind of right away we kind of clicked and connected and we've stayed in touch and yeah. I, I'm, I'm happy to see when you post something that like, it seems like that it, everything, it worked for you. Like you got what you like yeah. in your heart, you got what you needed out of it and, and you came out, you know, ready to kind of do what you wanted to do and you are doing what you wanted to do. I hope yeah. you realize that. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. No, I do. It's been, uh, it's been fun. Cause you know, current job, you know, they, uh, for the next couple episodes, I'll be, you know, with the writing team. So that's been exciting, like working with the writers on the show. And, uh, that's, that's been a lot of fun. Yeah. What's next for you? What do you think? What's the plan? I'm sleeping you know, in air conditioning with no camel yeah. spider fights. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no camel spiders. Uh, you know, no, no, well, you know, in, you, you do live in New York, so there's probably yeah, something there's, scarier oh, man, than the, camel spiders. The rats. Actually, the, I'm a, that's <laughs> like, I think that rats scare the shit out of me. I think that's like, the biggest fear I've, I've ever had are, are rats. Uh, <laughs> so that's <laughs> completely understandable. They had so much time to get strong and build up. Oh over yeah. The pandemic too. I bet <laughs> they're like rats on steroids now. Yeah. I've seen so many, like, I was like, Holy shit. I, I don't remember this. Yeah. There's Dude, a I lot would of rats. Not walk into a New York subway for all the tea in China right now. <laughs> I saw that water think, coming up there. I was like, no yeah, and people way. during a pandemic no and people are holding their shoes. Like, I don't want to get my shoes wet, but they're walking oh. neck, neck deep in, 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 in subway water. Yeah. Oh man. I've seen, I've seen a rat. I've seen two rats run and they were like underneath them was roaches. Oh. Like it's just like New York is just the most disgusting place on the fucking. <laughs> it is. It, it is. It really is awful. I I went. I walked in the other night after a set. I walked into a pizza place. I was going to get a slice for the ride home, and I opened the door, and two roaches walked in like I was holding the door for them. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I think I'll skip yeah. this. I think I probably yeah. have some peanut butter crackers in my car. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is this? You walk in, the rats and the roaches are like, hey, I'm online. Yeah. We didn't order yet. I'm walking here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but what is that? What do you want to do? Like, let's put it out in the universe. Yeah. I mean, I'd love to, you know, write or produce or, you know, sort of get into that realm of, of television. Uh, so that's, that's something that's a, a goal, a goal of mine. Uh, which I always feel awkward saying out loud. I'm not, you know, cause everyone wants to be a writer. So it's, you know, we'll yeah. see. Well, you know what? You did way, you did way, way harder. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. So. Yeah. And you're in the, you're in the right, you're on the right track for doing it. <laughs> I, yeah, I think so. You're in a good spot, man. 
Yeah. And you know what else too, dude, is like you get shit done. That's one thing that I really love about Charles. We were talking about your, uh, you're the one that tipped me off to that whole apartment thing in New York. Remember that? Oh yeah. 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 Is that, can we, can you share that? Can we talk about that? Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. No, I got, I got lucky with the, uh, New York city housing. Explain. Cause this is the coolest thing in the world. Oh yeah. So, so I was actually, it was, I was on my second appointment. I was you know, talking to someone, uh, and you know, they, they, they knew someone from New York and, uh, like, yeah, my buddy just got this rent stabilized apartment. And I was like, yeah, you know, I asked him about that. And he's like, yeah, there's a website where, you know, if your income is a certain threshold, uh, the apartment buildings in New York city, uh, will dedicate us an allotment, um, you know, to a certain amount of apartments in those buildings for, for, you know, rent controlled apartments. And, uh, you know, I had been applying for like a good three years and like, I finally got on the list of one and then it, it ended up working out, but it was like, you know, it took me like three years to apply. So, you know, it's not a quick turnaround, but the tenacity, Um, you know, you stuck with it and you got a brand new, right. A brand new apartment. Yeah. Never, no one ever lived in it before you. Nope. Brand new In, in Manhattan. In Manhattan. No ghosts. <laughs> no ghosts. <laughs> no ghosts. Washer dryer awesome. right in the building and shit. Washer dryer. It's actually uh, that that uh, second door over there. Uh, <laughs> I think that's fantastic, dude. That's yeah, just like that, a, that, that. Yeah. Yeah. Rent controlled. So it's a uh, nice spot. No complaints. Fucking killing it, dude. You're yeah. killing it. You're going to be the president of a network soon. I feel it. <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> oh, well, you got time. But dude, you're the best. And I really like, thank you very much. I guess the thing that we wanted to kind of make sure like we, we wanted to have a veteran on and someone, you know, we knew, and also just to kind of like, we totally support the veterans and and everything that, that you guys have had to sacrifice and do and all that. And, you know, sometimes it feels maybe like saying, thank you for your service. I wish there was another thing to say. I wish there was a another thing than thank you for your service. Cause I feel like that can almost become like, God bless you or, you know, Merry Christmas or. It's not that for me. Like I sometimes feel bad when people say, cause like, you know, part of me enlisting was to like better myself as well. Like, so it's like, I always feel bad. I'm like, well, yeah, I served, but it was also like, just, you know, to better myself or, you know, prove upon certain things uh, that maybe I need to learn about. And uh, cause I think that's the other, aspect of the military is it's also supposed to create good citizens. Um, so I, I, you know, there's also that, uh, that aspect to it, but kick ass, man. Well, you're a damn good citizen in my book. Oh, thanks Mike. I think you're great. And, uh, (laughs) good luck with everything. And thank you so much. And, uh, where can everybody hear the show that you're working on? Yes. It's on, uh, it's called the problem with John Stewart. It's on, uh, Apple TV plus. And then we have the companion podcast that uh, gets released, you know, on all all podcasts, um, wherever you listen. And uh, they they do release a podcast episode every week. Um, so the, I know they have a few out right now. So it's a great show. Um, yeah. Good. And is it true that John Stewart has like a farm somewhere where all of the rescue animals that he can fit on it live? I, I think so. Uh, I haven't been there. Uh, haven't asked him about it, but I, I think that's the uh, that's the, the, the word on the street. If I, I ever get so any much. money, uh, my wife is going to have that for sure. <laughs> yeah, at least <laughs> it's yeah, like a, a true O'Teal has this huge. I'm just like, well, 
his wife, wife does. does. <laughs> <laughs> he's not he's not allowed near it, but yeah. Uh, Charles, you're the man. Thank you so much. Really appreciate oh, you, you joining us. Yeah, I appreciate it. Of course. Absolutely Thank you everyone brother. for listening and thanks to all the veterans out there. Osiris. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.